Hello, Raja. Hello, Mom. How are you doing today? I'm cool enough. How are you? Same here. It's hot outside. You hear the thunder yesterday? I did. It's hot and rainy and you're approaching hurricane season. It is. I can't handle it. Yeah, um, we're going to be all right. It's time for something to drink. Now, yeah, we have to do the show. Oh, okay. Last episode, episode 24, um, Guided Chaos, we caught you all up with what we've been up to, and we tinkered with a little random q and I'm Angela the mom. I'm Roger the daughter. And this, this is, is Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar. I want some of your brown sugar. We're in the sugar bowl with a few random thoughts. Yes, it's a privilege to go to the movie theater because, you know, they have assigned seats. Sometimes you might end up sitting in different areas. Some people will make you sit in different areas, but it's a choice. So, we went to the movies, me and my daughter, and our ticket said our seat numbers. We come down the aisle trying to find where we sit at. Find our seats. I look at her. She look at me. There's a couple sitting in our seats. Comfortable. Comfortable. So I guess they took it the privilege of themselves just to sit there. Because most of the time if you go to a game somewhere else, you have assigned seats because you pay for that seat. It didn't say seat. Hey, sit where you want to. The sign seat is definitely displayed on the arm of the chair. So the lady cho- took it upon herself to say, well, you don't mind, do you? And her, I guess I'm not going to say it was her husband because it seems like they just started dating. I was getting a little ticked off. But my daughter said, no, we'll sit down. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Um, the, the dude, he, he, the dude's about to get up and give us our seat back. But um, you said, no, it's fine. And I said, okay, it's fine. We both said, like, I looked at you like, are you cool? And I was like, yeah, kind of, sort of. Because I figured if I came and if somebody was sitting in a seat that was assigned, you usually get up. That's what I would do. Or sit in a seat you paid for. That's the whole thing. If you went and paid for them earlier, you could get seats that you want. Or... If you look at the screen like the lady tells you, or whoever the attendant is, um, here are the seating options you have. You can see what seats are coupled and what seats are divided. Exactly, because most time if you have a paid assigned seat, you'll take your time before you sit down, getting your popcorn, your drinks at the session stand. But I was just really kind of ticked off because she just took it upon herself like, oh, <laughs> we got the privilege. We don't have to really move. And I was like, really? I'm going to be on my best behavior. I really wanted to give him the business. We could have. I looked at, I always check with you because, you know, I'm ready for whatever. Whatever you need, whichever way you're trying to roll. But I was ready for whatever. I know, but we just had came from a cheesecake factory, and I was happy. We were chilling. Um, it was a good day. It was hot, but it was still, you know, chilling, chilling. Um, but it was just annoying because, like you said, she was chilling, and she just assumed that we would be fine. Because they wanted to sit together. How you know we didn't want to sit together? That's my thing. Even though we were sitting together, but it was in the side of the seats. And you know what? Another lady came up looking for her seat. And guess who was sitting in it? 
we had to because we moved out. And so the same first couple asked the new couple, hey, you want us to move down? And she was like, no, no, it's fine. We're just going to sit here. But at the same time, it's like you know you displaced and threw off the whole row because you had to be extra because you didn't purchase purchase your tickets or look at your tickets when you purchased them. Um, the only thing with that and purchasing the seat, I do mind where I sit because I like to sit in the most centered place, in the center horizontally and the center vertically. I like to sit middle, middle. Me too. I don't like to sit too close up because I can't see it. It'd be too bold. 3D, I don't need it. But my thing of it is, they need to put little signs before you come in and enter. Make sure you're sitting your behind in your assigned seat. That's the thing. You sh- you should by at this point know when you're going to purchase your tickets and they say they have a signed seating, what a signed seating means. Not a signed seating and you can trade. You sure can trade if you ask people before you come in. But like you said, make sure you're in your seat. You should ask first. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say about that? Um, another random thought for me, um, it just feels good to give back. Uh, we've been out and about around the city getting stuff done, you know, preparing for moving all that. Um, and we come across a lot of homeless people and because it's so hot, a lot of people really are just asking for something cold to drink. So even when it's not necessarily convenient, um, we'll grab a drink and we've been able to pass out a couple of cool beverages to people. Um, who were in need, and it felt good. It really did feel good. It didn't, I mean, it didn't feel like it was an inconvenience to me, but it just felt nice to be able to do something for somebody else, you know, in spite of all the stuff that I have going on personally. It's just, it felt nice to give people, you know, a little break, a little something, because it's hot. It is really hot out here, and to think that you have no place to seek solace or AC or breeze or fan a waft of something, you know, a place to cool off some water, or uh, just anything to drink. Um, so we definitely were able to pass out some, a nice little break or something to people, and that felt good. Yeah, because I've been thirsty. I'm quite, y'all been thirsty out there. Oh, you're just waiting to get home, and you say, dang, I got some good to drink, cold and AC, and these people out here, you can look in their eyes. You can tell when somebody's, like, really sincere and humble. It was a, it was a good thing, you know. That man was drinking that ginger ale because it was cold. I wanted me one. <laughs> yeah, we were on the move, and all he asked for was something to drink. Go go. And another person was just happy that we um, initially said we didn't have any cash, but we had just went we had just went I think grocery shopping or something. I had um, extra drinks in my bag, and I just pulled one out and asked them if they didn't care. It was a uh, seltzer water. Um, they specifically asked for Gatorade, but I was like, I got a salsa water if you want it. It's kind of cold. It's still cold. They take it. And that's what they wanted, just something to drink. Yep, that put a smile on my face because sometimes people be saying they want this and over, and you give it to them, they look at you like, you, like what? What is this? I'm like, shoot, you said you were hungry. I'm buying you some food. Mm-hmm. Why are you getting mad? Mm-hmm. Or if they ask for $5, you give them 3 Come on, make up your mind. You're still getting something out of nothing. Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. North Carolina man 
stole car with a one-year-old inside while mother made DoorDash delivery. Police says this comes from Southern Pines, North Carolina, WTVD. Southern Pines police are looking for a man who stole an SUV with a one-year-old child inside while the mother was completing a DoorDash delivery Friday night. It happened in the 100 block of Murray Hill Road around 9 p.m. When police say the female DoorDash delivered exited the car, leaving it running and unlocked. Police said that during the delivery, a man stole the vehicle with a child inside. Around 10.15 p.m., police found the car parked with a child inside on South Gaines Street. Thank you, Jesus. Police said the child was unharmed and probably reunited with his mother. What in the world, Jesus? You can't leave your car nowhere with your baby in it. You know, I have never did that. Even when I used to bring my kids home and we would come from the grocery store, I would put them in the house first, even with the car seat. But I know the lady was trying to make her money and not thinking nobody was going to steal. But, honey, it's a thief everywhere. I'm so glad she got a baby back. Me too. Um, that's crazy. Um, it speaks to how desperate we are in this country. The man still in the car that you would do it as somebody is literally within... I guess earshot because she only had to go to the door, but still, just not think like you weren't thinking about who could have still been in the car or anybody. He probably looked in, thought nobody was in there because you know you can't really see a car seat all the time, and just grabbed the baby in the car. Just, but yeah, I'm glad she got her baby back. Yeah, me too. Moving right along. Before European Christians forced gender roles, Native Americans acknowledged five genders. It wasn't until the Europeans took over North America that natives adopted gender roles. There was no real normal in their tribe, and unlike today, people who identify with the other gender were not viewed as some sort of abnormality or as someone to be shunned or even accommodated. In fact, people who had both female and male characteristics were viewed as gifted by nature, and therefore able to see both sides of anything. According to the Indian country, today, all Native communities acknowledge the following gender roles. Female, male, two-spirited female, two-spirited male, and transgender. You know what? When people be talking about the different roles... I look at us as women. If something happens to your loved one or your spouse or somebody get locked up or go to war, don't come back or get sick and can't retain and take care of the family. We take on everybody takes on a different role, you know, but people always want to put a label on everything. And I know when my kids were little, if my son wanted to play with a baby doll, let him play with a baby doll. If my daughter wanted to play with some boy toys. Let her play with some boy toys. It's not going to change who you are, what it's going to make you out. It might make you a a strong person because you can balance the difference. Yeah, this is interesting that um, in today's time we are living in a lot of binary terms um, and categories. Um, And I I think that was a huge point that they made in the article about um, how people weren't seen as somebody who needed to be accommodated. They were just accepted as they were. Um, and how 
uh, two-spirited people were believed to be able to see both sides of everything. I think that's true. When it's funny, more you think as more people are diverse, and you think about the intersection of the different pieces and facets of their identity, you think their ability to see the different sides of things would be increased, or you know their view of the horizon is you know a better position because they have been through different things, like someone who faces. Um, discrimination because they're in a wheelchair or they don't, they have lack of access to things because they're in a wheelchair versus them also being a queer person um, or a person of color. And they can meet all those things at once but experience the world in different ways because they're all those things. And they may not, they could be accepted in some places because you know your interests and things like that. So it's interesting um, that that piece exists. Um, and that, that history exists because we are faced with so much pushback, especially the um, LGBTQ plus community, especially transgender people, uh, receive so much pushback because people fear the unknown. But we have existences and examples of history where people exist just as they are with the spectrum and different genders. And so... It's like we can do this. We can exist in harmony with all these different identities and um, different choices people make. Like I said, mind your business. That's what we need to do more of. Uh, Minding our business. Mind your own business. Um, But, yeah, we can get to a point where we collectively um, just allow people to be. That was on a good note. You know how I feel? It makes me happy. Here we go. Summer program provides children with free meals. Yes. The hungry patrons in line for meals at the Duke Raleigh Hospital Cafe features more young faces since the North Carolina Summer Food Service Program kicked off this month. Now, until August 25th, Children 18 under can visit the cafe on the first floor of the main hospital Monday through Friday for free breakfast, 6.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. and lunch, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. by asking for the summer meal deal. I think that's so wonderful. Hunger pains. And hard to ignore. I've had hunger pains, and I know it's hard to ignore. Neil Singlerger. Director of Environmental and Nutritional Service at Duke Raleigh Hospital. As part of our commitment to the community, Duke Raleigh Hospital is proud to help ensure that the children continue to receive nutritious meals even when school is out. Bravo. Yeah, like we said, a lot of people, um, it's a well-known fact in this country that children can't afford to eat while they're in school, so if those same kids can afford to pay for lunch, they're definitely going to have um, issues, or they may have issues, you know, just trying to secure lunch when they're out of school. So I think this is a great program that we are able to feed children when they're not in school. Uh, I think more places should adopt some kind of summer meal plan because everybody can't afford to feed their children because sometimes some, it's just hard times. You know, you try to apply for assistance, that parent might be making $2 more or whatever the sliding fee is, they get turned away. Or they might have to budget their meals 
as they cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That breakfast meal might be dinner. Who knows? It's hard. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And the price of food, they go to camps. But, hey, if they know they got somewhere they can go get a free meal, two free meals, hey, that's a joy in my heart. Uh, another article in the news, hip-hop and R&B artists show support for Lil Nas X after he comes out as gay. Lil Nas X surprised audiences when he used the final day of Pride Month to announce that he's gay. Tweeting at fans, listening closely to lyrics of his single, Closure, on Sunday, the Billboard-topping artist then followed up with another tweet saying, Deadass, thought I made it obvious, he said in a reference to his sexuality. Since the news broke, a whirlwind of support has been directed toward the rising star with fellow hip-hop artists sending encouraging messages to Lil Nas X. Speaking with TMZ on Monday, producer Irv Gotti stated the hip-hop doesn't care if one of their own is gay as the community is far more accepting than it was a couple of decades ago. Yeah, we don't care whatever he is, the Murder, Inc. CEO said to the entertainment site. If he's gay, it's all good. If it was like 20, 30 years ago, it could be a shocker. But in 2019, who cares? It's all good. The cameraman attempts to pry and continue the conversation, but Irv just cuts him off and repeats, who cares? It's all good. Just because, just be whoever you are and we'll accept you for who you are. Up and coming rapper Jack Boy also had positive sentiments for Lil Nas X telling friends, do not, not listen to him now. Local rapper Jack Boy is all for Lil X Nas coming out. R&B artist and grownish star Trevor Jackson praised Lil Nas X on BET's daily talk show Black Coffee on Monday, telling host Mark Lamont Hill, "You got to live free, man." He continued, "I'm glad it's almost like you're in bondage when you're not living as your true self. I support that." Atlanta boy rap artist Zay Taylor. Reaction could be the best summed up in the GIF, which was posted on Twitter with the caption, so Lion King um, GIF of Simba standing in front of Nala. You know, Lion King is coming out soon. To protect the 20-year-old star. I think it's good, though. Um, That is showing support. It shows some growth. Because, you know... Rapping hip hop supposed to be seen as just hyper masculine, and it is still got some ways to go. Um, space, and so that it's good they're accepting him. I'm glad they're accepting him with love because you know what? Music is what universal, yeah, and just you know that he can comfortably come out and be yourself because I don't care what you are, who you are, if somebody don't like you, that's their problem. It is a personal problem. Um, but that was just some good news in the music realm. Um, Illinois is expunging marijuana convictions from nearly 800,000 criminal records. 800,000. They're going to be expunged. It says, if you've been arrested for weed in Illinois, you can breathe a sigh of release. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker just signed HB 1438 this week, which makes cannabis legal in the state for individuals 21 and over, along with sweeping criminal record, criminal justice reforms designed to help those who whose lives have been appended by the state's drug laws. In addition to legalizing marijuana, the 610-page bill offers relief to roughly 770,000 770, 
Roughly 770,000 residents of the state with marijuana-related offenses on their criminal records, according to Marijuana's Policy Project. Um, the new law legalizes weed and helps those caught with it in the past. The state's new Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act, which make, takes effect in 2020, allows people to automatically receive clemency on convictions up to 30 grams of cannabis. Those convicted with larger amounts from 30 to 500 grams can petition a court to have the charge lifted. That's a bonus. That's good. The bill defines expunge to mean physically destroy the records or return them to the petitioner and to obliterate the petitioner's name from obliterate. It says literally obliterate the petitioner's name from any official index or public record or both. But it doesn't require the physical destruction of circuit court files. The bill also includes a social equity program, which makes it easier for those with marijuana convictions to get business licenses. Boom! The program also allocates $12 million for startup businesses related to cannabis, as well as funding for job training programs in the state's cannabis industry. The Marijuana Policy Project says the state's Department of Agriculture and its Community College Board are creating pilot programs to get people ready to work in the new legal industry, and the state will require them to focus on enrolling the low-income students into those programs. Boom, boom, check-a-boom. Um... The governor of Illinois is fulfilling the promise he made on a campaign trail and is making Illinois the 11th of the U.S. Um, state to legalize recreational marijuana. So far, 18 states have decriminalized marijuana, the MPP says, and in all 34 states allow patients with health complaints to use mar- medical marijuana. And Illinois is the latest state to offer offer. Clemency for marijuana convictions. Last month, Washington Gov. Jay Inslee uh, signed a law that gave marijuana offenders the ability to have their sentences vacated in the state. That's some good policy. That's what we're talking about. This is what people have been advocating for when states legalize and have this, you know, green rush of everybody flocking to the cannabis build business, wanting to start their businesses in the wake of. You know, all these black and brown people and people who have nonviolent drug-related convictions is mostly marijuana, you know, the war on drugs. That's what the result has been. It was essentially um, created for to punish people who aren't necessarily dealers because they have small amounts or literally nonviolent drug-related arrests. Um, the fact that they're going to remove that from their criminal record, I think, is huge. Um, especially if they were to move or they have moved um, and that has followed them and has made it difficult for them to get a job, you know, move up in the world. And also the going the extra mile, um, which is sad that that scene is going the extra mile that we have when some, when people specifically, you know, members of our government, state officials are, you know, giving a pat on the back because they're using an equitable lens or social equity um, to accommodate the reality that a lot of low-income black and brown people will not have the same access to capital to start these businesses in the new green space. So um, I think it's crazy important to note that Illinois is going this far in making sure that not only are you expunging the records, but you're creating space for people to have economic freedom and financial support through legal um, and financial pathways um, and providing 
that $12 million to get people educated in how to either start their business in the green space or work in the industry, the new industry. I think that's awesome. I'm glad somebody took some time to find a great way to spend some money. Yeah. Um, if we could just hurry up and legalize in the rest of the states, um, I think that could be great for the country, um, especially for people who are in jail. If we can just go ahead and expunge their records and get back to this money. Um, my last article, Alabama DA drops charges against woman who uh, was shot and lost fetus. Um, you all may have heard about the story, especially now that we have more stories coming about um, different policies with um, abortion. abortion rights and laws, you know, um, will and how um, these different laws will affect the ruling of Roe v. Wade and things like that. Um, we'll definitely set a precedent, so we're all watching, um, going out and taking action and things like that. But uh, Marsha Jones was arrested, it says last week, so this article came out um, earlier this week. So last week, after a grand jury concluded, she intentionally caused the death of her fetus by initiating a fight, knowing she was pregnant. Um, so she was charged uh, with murder because she was shot by another um, woman. Um and there was like an argument over another man, and she was shot, lost her baby, and they were charging the mom who lost the baby, Marsha Jones. They were charging her with the death thing that she shouldn't have um, intentionally started the fight or initiating the fight knowing she was pregnant. Um, it says Marsha Jones... Um, In Montgomery, Montgomery, Alabama, the district attorney said Wednesday she is dropping charges against a woman who was indicted for manslaughter. Uh, after she lost her fetus when she was shot during a fight, Marche Jones was arrested last week after the grand jury concluded she was intentionally caused the death of her fetus by initiating the fight. Knowing she was pregnant, um, Jones was five months pregnant when 23-year-old Ebony Jimison shot her in the stomach during a December argument over the fetus's father. Authorities said Jimison was initially charged with manslaughter, but a Jefferson County grand jury declined to indict her. After police to- said the in- investigation determined Jones started the fight and Jemison ultimately ultimately fired in self-defense. Jones, 28, was indicted by the same grand jury and arrested. That's so weird. Um, lawyers defending Jones filed a motion to dismiss Monday morning, arguing that the issues- issuing the charges, the state used a flawed and twisted rationale that ignores the law and ignores reason. The idea that Jones intentionally caused the death of her fetus by initiating the fight is twisted tortured, irrational theory, and defies the most basic logic and analysis. The following asserts, Alabama is one of dozen states that have fetal homicide laws allowing criminal charges to, uh, criminal charges when fetuses are killed in violent acts, according to the National Conference of State Legislators. Jones' arrest um, sparked outrage, outrage across the country, with advocates for women's rights calling in another attempt to charge women for crimes related to their pregnancies. Legal scholars said the arrest raises questions about what other scenarios, such as driving a car or swimming in a pool, could constitute putting a fetus in danger. It comes after the state passed the nation's most hardline anti-abortion legislation. It would make performing an abortion at any stage of pregnancy a 
felony punishable by 10 to 99 years or life in prison prison for the provider. The law makes no exception for pregnancies resulting from rape or incest. The only exception would be when the woman's health is at serious risk. Well, 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 here we go again. I'm like this. When I used to work um, at my job for 12 hours and pregnant, I think that was home to the baby. The baby won't get no rest because the mama won't get no rest. You got too many people telling people what to do with their private parts and their mind, their mental. Are you trying to say you should have been reprimanded because you was working 12 hours? Yes. You should have been? Are you saying? Yes. Why? Because 12 hours, okay, I give you eight, but sometimes I work 12, which that was on me. But I figure if you, so many months, some people have lost, I've seen it, some people have had miscarriages at work, being at work three hours of distress dealing with the job and I'm lost, trying to, live and make money. trying to live and make money and lost their babies. It's stressful. I mean, everybody's not built the same. And we can't help when sometimes things jump off. And some people figure if a situation happens by them being pregnant, the other person might back off. But for myself, I don't mean no harm. If you come and bring it, you're going to get it. But I'm glad they dismissed this charge on this young lady. Yeah, I mean, they just, they dismissed it on both for both um, women um, for different reasons. But there, I would, yeah, I agree that the reasoning behind them trying to charge her with manslaughter for the loss of her fetus because she initiated the fight, um, knowing she was pregnant. That's a lot. Um, just a lot to it consider. Is. It is. But I'm glad uh, the charges were dropped. Yeah. So that's why we have to get out here and vote, everybody. Come on. Dust it off. Let's do this. Yep, lots of primaries and things happening throughout the year. Make sure you stay up to date with what's going on in your community. Want us to promote your business in our next week deeds mention? Email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com with the subject line business feature with a few sentences about your business, product, or service. There's room for everyone to eat. Where you can find us on your favorite podcast or your podcast app, Facebook and Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar. Twitter at Talking Brown Sug, as S U G. Email us talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com. You know what time it is. It's wellness check. Yes, if a doctor tells you that your behavioral activities are causing you harm, change your ways to do better for yourself. Or ask questions. Um, I know it helps to come. With questions, write them down before you go to the doctor. Um, if you feel nervous about going to the doctor, I hate needles, even though I have plenty of tattoos. Those kind of needles are different things. Um, if you hate needles like I do, ask for a butterfly needle because they're the thinnest and sharpest. Um, and they go into your veins a little bit faster. But yes, do what your doctor tells you. If you feel like your doctor isn't for you, you can always get another doctor. But be honest with them so they can help you. And be honest with yourself about how you're feeling so you can take care of you. It's time for the main discussion. It's time for the main discussion. Adulting coming of age. 
So, Mom, uh, was there ever a time you felt like, hey, I'm an adult now, or this is it, I'm doing it, I'm an adult, I'm grown now? I think we all have that age of passage. Some people say 16, 18, 21. 16 is not an adult. But I thought when I was 12, I was grown. Why did you think that? Because when I was growing up, I was mostly by myself, like in the household, without my brothers and sisters sometimes. And I had to do a lot of adult roles, which I mean is, um, I guess they were called latchkey kids. So I had to go up like three flights of steps in a brownstone. Sometimes I would collect the rent money, and I would count it and write the receipt out. Because sometimes my mom and them would be busy, but they gave me a little opportunity to see how money was spent. And most of the time, my friends, they would be playing, but I had to go and check things like to see if the sink was leaking, whether the people stayed upstairs because we was the landlord, little stuff. Go downstairs in the um, boiler room, check and see if the fuses were um, working properly, and just this little stuff there was getting me ready. But I know that's not the right age of passage. You did all this at what age? Twelve. Mm, around what year was this? Uh, or what group of seven. years? Hmm? This was the, the 70s? No, this, yeah, this was up in the 70s. Okay. I'm just asking. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was, he was so funny. And it was a lot of times we, I had to do a lot of adult things to myself, you know, to figure out when my friends were playing with baby dolls and stuff. I had baby dolls, but my weekends, I was doing adult things, like cleaning. I mean, everybody had the house chores, but most of my friends said, you do different stuff besides Vacuum cleaning, mopping, clean up the bathroom, maybe. But as I got older, I still was doing more adult things. When I was 15, I was watching my grandma. That means when my mom went to work at night, I had to change her, clean her, make sure she was fed. You know, sometimes that's before people would call it what Alzheimer's was Alzheimer's or dementia. And I've learned different things at that time at 15. I had to take me and her because sometimes she wouldn't lock the door. That's when we put a double bolt lock on and different things. You know, you, you worried about um, the next record or something coming on the radio to record. I'm making sure my grandma not walking out the house. I had to be more responsible. I think they kept me matured as I got older into my teens up until, until my 20s. And now. Uh... I uh, I wouldn't say um, even now that I feel like I'm an adult. Um, I know I'm, I am an adult, that I am, um, but I don't know what it feels like. Um, I know that as I've gotten older, even as sometimes the youngest on different projects and teams, um, even running a restaurant, being one of the youngest staff members and being in charge of people who are in their 30s, 40s, 15 years in the game, I'm in charge of them and listening to how they spoke with customers, how they spoke with each other, how they handled their business, how they did their jobs, learning that being an adult looks, it doesn't look one way um, and being of age does not mean that you are an adult um and just learning still every day every day that adults don't even have have that figured out um and I think that kind of helped me relax on myself a little bit um even when I was younger um especially coming out of college 
you think, oh, all right, got this degree. I need to get X, Y, Z in place before I'm 32. Um, <laughs> so I can have a house, a baby, a this and a that. And I know at this point now I'm like, I get it when I get it. I'll get there when I get there. I need to do this for me. I need to do this. I need to, or I want to do this. And so it's just making sure now that, um, I'm being honest with what I want and what I need for myself to be comfortable, to feel like I'm advancing and progressing. Um, and I just learned, too, that, um, you know, watching other people, that you got to go at your own base. So I I've, I still don't feel like I'm an adult. I don't feel like I'm doing it. I am still learning how to do that. If you could redo an age, knowing what you know now, what age would you redo? Sixteen probably. Sixteen was definitely um where I really started to um as the grown old folks would say, show my behind. Uh feeling myself, my Cheerios. Um and I still but I still I was feeling myself but not in school. In school I was I was pretty good. I was still the same old, you know, quiet in class, outside of class, not so quiet. Um, but focused grades were still good, popping. Um, but I feel like I would have, um, I don't know, I guess spent more time outside and not necessarily trying to build social circles. I felt, because I really didn't have... Um, a lot of friends in high school. When you look at it, like I knew a lot of people. I knew and was associated with a lot of people. But I didn't. I was trying to build friendships, um, especially like outside of class. I don't think I would have focused on that that much, because now that I'm an adult, it's like I have enough friends, and I'm good with what I have. Um, if new friends, associates, whoever come along, sure. But um, I think I would have just been comfortable in myself as well. Um, with my, my physical self, um, cause you know, what they say, you look back at your pictures and you're like, I was not nearly as, as awful as what other people said I was. But, um, I, I would say that, um, I have gotten more confident and stronger in who I am, um, and what I am, what I look like. Um, and all that I am, all that I look like, more confident in that. Um, and I'm working on being more vocal about what I have to offer, what I have in my head. Um, and sometimes I don't think it's necessary to be vocal about what I do and how I move. I just do what I need to do, um, and take action where I, where I see fit, where I can be of service, how I want to be of service to the country, the world, my community. So that's what I do. Um, but at the same time, 16 would have been a good age to just chill out a little bit, um, be a kid, and not try to focus so hard on trying to be liked, have social circles. And I feel like I was still doing my own thing because I was quiet. But at the same time, I was still looking for that. And I had it with um, my homies. Shout out. To uh, Megan, Tybrisha, Joseph, and Jamil. Um, 
that was my four people and Danielle. We were all um, just a little tight crew um, for most of those four years. Um, but yeah, so 16 probably would be the age I already do know what I know now. Um, yeah. And I still would have made the same choices to go to college I went to and academically I think was fine. But I think like I would have made different life choices in general. That sounds good. Word to the wise. What age um, would you redo knowing what you know now? If you could, what age would you go back and be the bestest of the best angel? You know what? 20, 30, 40, 50. And some ages and some lifetimes. For me, I think probably in my 30s. 30 what? Maybe 30, 34, 35. After you had your last child? Yeah, I, I think I should have packed up and we should have moved to the north. We talked about that, moving back up north um, plenty of times. That would have been interesting. Um, none of us had accents growing up, so we would have been fine. Worse. I mean, but we didn't have a twang. Um, I had nice people where you from. No, I'm saying we didn't have a, a oh, southern, right. we didn't have a native uh, accent like a southern drawl or mm-hmm. twang. Um, I do now sometimes when I say different words, um, but definitely I think we would have been some okay transplants. But why do you why what age what age did you pick? To my well, I said thirty. I said thirty five. Thirty five, and we would have did. We would have moved. I should. I should have either New York or to Washington D.C. Well, maybe not in the D.C. area. More maybe in the Maryland, not Silver Springs. Nothing wrong with y'all in Silver Springs, but uh, more in the suburbs. But anyway, or maybe the Potomac of Washington D.C. Because mm-hmm. um, the richness of a city, if you can't make it, doesn't matter where you are. If you can't make it, you can't make it. But it's just a different hustle and puzzle. The different hustle, um, the people, just the opportunities to. See different things. I mean, the culture is a little different. That's anywhere. You can't compare. It's just how I feel. From what I learned about people, your friends, you're going to have gun violence, gang violence. I don't care where you go. But for me, I think my kids would have had a broad spectrum of who they are. They know who they are now. Always have been. Always outspoken. But for me as a parent... That was a choice I should have stuck to. But I was thinking, well, you know, it's good in Durham, you know, this, that, and other, you know, blah, blah. family. Okay? I'm not going to jump on y'all because I don't want to hear it. But people don't stick together. We have a large family. Believe it or not, shouts out to everyone. Love you. But um, education here is fine. Uh, but it seems like. I wanted y'all to have a taste of that noise, uh, the grind, and just be who you are. I think it's more acceptance of who you are. People are going to pick at you regardless of your skin color, whatever shape you are. But it's not as here. They just concentrate on it to me. You know, the job outcome, that's not that's not bad. But I just wish that for, for us. That's interesting. Um I noticed as we've gotten older and moved through life, all three of us at some point have 
I know I have frequented um, trips up north anytime I can get a chance to go up north or to a city, a larger city. Um, I do go, um, whether it's like for work, personal, with my friends, I go anytime I can, even if it's just to go sightseeing. Even though I've been in like some of the same areas, you always find something new, a different way to travel, a different way to do something, a different way to experience the city. Yes, I love, oh man, I love the city life. Just knowing that things don't shut down at eight, nine o'clock is exactly. what I love. The food is always good too. You know, if you look on like for some Haitian food, um, some real Jamaican food, I ain't talking about no microwave, telling me this is a cocoa bread. And I know what cocoa bread, not no dinner roll, baby. This is cocoa bread. No, it's not cocoa bread, boo. But anyway. Mumbo sauce. Oh, I love some mumbo sauce. I miss it. But, you know, everybody's trying to generate to, to North Carolina to, to bring out the best. But it's nothing like going on people's home turf of the cement. Or like black tar. When we call black tar beach, that's the top of your roof in the city. I have yet to go to a rooftop party, and um, I've been to a rooftop uh, social here, but I mean like an actual, like way up in the sky, um, at least 20 floors up type deal. I think you enjoy it. Like you said, all everyone here has been to the north. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. I love up north. Um, so how do you feel about the notion that you should have certain life achievements at specific ages. Like, you know, they say 16, 15, between 15, 16, get your permit. 18, you need a car or a license. Then 20, you need to be moved out. Or 30, you need to have a house and two kids and a a golden retriever and or, i.e. Labrador and a fence around your house. Um, Labradoodle. Labradoodle. (laughs) How you feel about that? Have, you know. Well, that used to weigh hard on my heart when, um, I think starting in schools, you know how you have to climb that ladder. You find out who flunked or when you get in middle school, well, we call it junior high school, they had like the, the, the names if you pass or you're promoted, then here, I think they mail you your promotion. People find out about it or that graduation. When you look through the program and you see a thin um, what little brick break in where somebody's name. And some things do have is age appropriate, but sometimes you got to move. I'm not saying stay in high school to your 50, but... I think it, it makes it difficult for some people. Some people can't achieve and go with the age limit. Like get your driver's license at 16, get your permit. Um, You got to get a job uh, by the time you get 16, 17. Or when you're 18, you got to apply for college. You get kicked out when you're 18. Or you're 21. That's the fun age, right? That's the ABC. You can get that drink. I sure did. I did too. But... Sometimes some things are overweighted. I think the parent should know that child. And you got to know yourself. You know, sometimes you can make all these achievements and do them. And then you'd be like, what else I got? You got to figure out what's, what you bring to your own table. And you can't let people say, well, you ain't got that yet. You know what you look at? Checking their grocery cart. They ain't got it either. I got friends who are making it. And some people 
are not making it. And they're just doing the best they can do. But you can't put on no shoulda, coulda, woulda. But I think you have to make your a progress sheet for your own self and your life. Sometimes you got to pump your brakes and say, okay, where I need to be at before this. But, you know, give yourself a two-year span. You know, just don't beat yourself up if you haven't achieved it. Because sometimes it's not your time. Because sometimes I look at some things, I don't procrastinate it pretty long. Next year I know, I'm like, dang on, I'm 40 years old, I ain't even did that yet. So, like you say, don't put it on your bucket list. Just take your time. Yeah, hey, I think that's important. Like you say, uh, create your own progress list based on how you move and what you need for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like those notions that have lasted for, I don't know, God knows how long these notions have been around and shoved down everybody's throat and keep getting passed down like an heirloom that we don't need as a country. Um, I feel like it definitely clouds people's perspective on life when you are so focused on like you said focused on getting x by this age or getting you know all this stuff done by this age you're and it's like a that rat race you get sucked into that really quickly and it's difficult to then enjoy what you do have enjoy what you have survived enjoy what you have been able to achieve because you're stuck on or people around you are stuck on well you this age and you haven't done this or you know you hear that in in your head well you know you trash because you (laughs) you haven't done this by this age or you plan to do this or you told everybody you put it on facebook that you're gonna do this and you still ain't got i think it's um important that we are reflective and appreciate what we do have but to be mindful of the things that aren't in our control and things that we can't be mindful of what we can't control and focus on what you can control to then you know take it one step at a time to get to what you want out of life get to what you need out of life um and just just take care of yourself because Really, like, you used to tell us when we grew up outside that door, nobody's going to care for you the way I do. Nobody's going to care for you the way you care for yourself. So um, it's important that you do what you need to do for you so that you can do whatever it is you want to do in this world. Uh, take step by step. And that was that, that has still, that's something that's still that I struggle with today. And that uh, was a long time coming to accept it. Because um, you used to tell us when we would tell you, well, I'm struggling. You know, you talk. We sitting around talking about what we're struggling with, um, or just you know, airing our frustrations. And you used to tell us, well, you can't worry about what Jim James and whoever else is doing. What you gotta um, essentially stay in your lane, um, and that boy can be really hard if um, you got a lot of bumpy roads and rocks and hurdles and stuff and it looks like what's going on next left or right is you know clean pristine easy little ride and then that's where you know you get older and you start to learn about things like gentrification you learn about white privilege you learn about um was it generational wealth gaps you know equal pay gaps and different biases and other things that are 
literally legally in place to keep you from advancing um in the way these different things work in tandem individually and have been supported for long before you were thought of you know <laughs> and you try to combat the cynicism you can develop once you learn these things so it's important i think to also take care of yourself while you're trying to get to where you're going yes mental health physical health spiritual health i always preach this because i know as growing up you read books and how your life's supposed to progress and then once you get your 20s you get to seeing people like your aunts or your uncles and they'll say well this was a different time y'all didn't have a feel but sometimes they'll put something in your plate that you wasn't even asking about but so-and-so getting old you gotta help them you be like well, I was going off to the service. That's what I wanted to do. And you and you say, okay. Then you look at five to ten people in your family who have, not saying they live their life, but if I'm 18, this person 30, they just learned how to live their own life. So it's like a catch-2020. You just got to take care of yourself, stay in your lane, and do you. And I think, too, with when you make decisions to – not necessarily sever ties with your family, but when you make decisions to remove yourself from situations and cycles that are keeping you from progressing for your own health, whether it be mental or financial, make that move that you need to make. And I'm, I too am struggling in this, this realm, but make that move if you need to, and then do it with confidence. Don't, um, have any guilt. Um, I was told by one of, the best bosses I've had in a while that um, she reminded me she was saying, black woman. She's an executive director, bomb boss. But she said, you can't help people swim when you are sinking. You can't help those around you swim, sink. I mean, swim and float when you're sinking. And that has stuck with me ever since. Um, so... Take care of yourself mm-hmm. how you need to. Because like we say all the time, what you hear a lot, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't pour from a cup you don't have. So work on you. And if that means moving yourself from family, from friends, from relationships, do that. Yeah. And don't regret it. Come back when you can, not when you feel like you have to. And I, hey, she said it like I wanted to say it. Because sometimes people can put things and make you feel like you're the bad person. Well, you know, they raised you, they took care of you, you know, this and another. This would be like a family person talking to you. You'd be like, look, I ain't lived my life. You done did everything. So you can't give me this first four to five years to do what I need to do? You get tired of hearing that. So you know what? Take flight, everybody. Start from a morph, turn into a beautiful butterfly. I don't think that's how that works, but um, a moth. Yeah. They're so gross. Try to start from somewhere. You can't just start off beautiful. I don't know about you, but I see my baby pictures. 
Oh, they are gorgeous. I would love to show them to y'all if y'all want to see them. We might post those all lot, our baby pictures, because we kind of look alike. That'd be great fun. We got some crazy ones if y'all want to see them. Y'all can post y'alls too. No, we're not posting the crazy ones. We're going to post the cute ones first. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say? What's one thing you would leave the people with something that you um, learned from growing up? Or a couple of things, whatever you, whatever comes to mind. As a kid? No, like what did you learn growing up? Like from growing up, like what did growing up teach you, or having to grow up? Have your own money bags, honey. Have your own money. It's nothing like your own. What bill is that? How they say? God bless the child that has his own. Uh, yeah. Um, growing up has taught me to have a plan A, B, and C, and um. Even when you don't feel like it, do something. Even if it's not the whole thing or what you needed to do, just do one part of it before the day is over. Or one step or, you know, revisit the goal you wrote down. Do at least one piece of it if you can't tackle the whole thing at that one time. And keep doing it until you have done it. And you did it. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Sounds like a plan to me. And remember, loves, to like, share with your family and friends and leave comments wherever you listen to the show. That's on the app, on the website, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you listen. Or under a post, you can give us a message via Anchor. Download the app. Go to messages. So that's anchor.fm backslash talking brown sugar. We have an event we're going to be attending. With the SMBC, it's a white masquerade party, July the 13th in Durham, North Carolina, from 5 to 9 p.m. It's a day party. Hit our DMs for tickets, sales, and location and details. I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. We out!
screen? I see, but I need to see. Just so the screen won't go dark. Oh, shit. Oh, that was a random thought. Huh? That was a random thought. Okay. Somebody booty hurting. <laughs> strong and feeling okay, but it messes up your whole jar of living. Do you hear that book when we was recording this last time is what I'm saying? Remember? When? We was playing this out. You had that book then. When I was, we was talking with Diane, you had a book. Yes, I did. Oh, you weren't that bad. It was just I wasn't started. talking about it. You said what? I wasn't talking about it. Okay, this is that same episode. Cause we still recording, man. I still feel it. But we still recording. Remember, you gotta rewind your mind, cause we do old articles. Cause we scheduled these articles. Well, let's do this. Remember, let's, let's do this. Our new articles, because we picked this out. Then you won't sit then either. Yes, I was. You want that bad off? I had an echo. I don't know about you. Somebody booty hurting. 
it the reign of God? As it is. Okay. You but, didn't do it yet. I know, but this is how I feel. You know how I feel. I might look like I'm strong and feeling okay, but it messes up your whole jar of living. Sick then either. It's a what? You want that bad off? I had an echo. I don't know about you. What's happening, Roger? What's up, Mama? We got it. What's going on? Get ready for some talking brown sugar. We back. We back. Ready to talk. How are you today? Not bad. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty okay. Glad to know that. I'm Angela, the mom. I'm Roger, the daughter. And And this this is Talking Brown Sugar. Some of your brown sugar. 
What's happening, Roger? What's up, Mama? We got it. What's going on? Get ready for some talking brown sugar. We back. We back. Ready to talk. How are you today? Not bad. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty okay. Glad to know that. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Raj the daughter. And, and this, this is Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar. I want some of your brown sugar. What's happening, Roger? What's up, Mama? We got it. What's going on? Get ready for some talking brown sugar. We back. We back. Ready to talk. How are you today? Not bad. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty okay. Glad to know that. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Raj the daughter. And, and this, this is Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar. I want some of your brown sugar. What's happening, Roger? What's up, Mama? We got it. What's going on? Get ready for some talking brown sugar. We back. We back. Ready to talk. How are you today? Not bad. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty okay. Glad to know that. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Raj the daughter. And, and this, this is Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar. I want some of your brown sugar. What's happening, Roger? What's up, Mama? We got it. What's going on? Get ready for some talking brown sugar. We back. We back. Ready to talk. How are you today? Not bad. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty okay. Glad to know that. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Raj the daughter. And, and this, this is Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar. I want some of your brown.